Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and supplemented them with research into ancient Egyptian history. Because mythology comes from oral tradition, there's a wide variety across sources. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. You've heard the tales of Setna Kamwas, the prince of Egypt who entered the tombs of his ancestors. He stole the Book of Thoth, read from its pages, and learned the secret wisdom of the gods. You've learned how he visited the land of the dead with his son, the miracle child, Seosiris. They were the first living mortals to return from the Duat and tell of the wonders they saw there. But there is one more chapter to their story. It begins on a dark night, when a fierce desert wind howled through the streets of Memphis, rattling doors and shutters. While the people slept, the city shivered and trembled, as if it knew what was coming. He appeared from the desert, striding over the dunes on long, thick legs, unbothered by the wind. At first, the city guards thought he must be a mirage, they had glimpsed many strange things in the dancing sand, only to have them dissolve into nothing. But this was no ghost. He kept coming until he stood waiting before the southern gate. The stranger was seven feet tall and thick as a tree, with skin black as coal and pupils like glittering onyx. He wore the threadbare robe of a desert nomad, with untold trinkets and baubles woven into the fabric. They swayed in the wind, clinking and clattering in a faint melodic cacophony. In his right hand, he held a staff of carved acacia, which he leaned on as he called out, Open your gates! I carry a message for Pharaoh. The guards hesitated, but he was just one man. They did as he asked. The gates of Memphis were thrown open, and the stranger was brought inside. And the wind howled, and the city slept, for the most part. In a large house on a high hill, a single lantern flickered in a window. A solitary figure stood beside it, staring out into the night. Say Osiris, grandson of Pharaoh, no longer a boy, but not yet truly a man. He stood in the dim light, petting his family's ash-gray cat, eyes fixed on the southern gate. Even at a distance, even in the dark, he saw it open and shut. He knew what it meant. His enemy had arrived. It's time. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's story comes from The Tales of Prince Setna, 
written between Egypt's late period around 500 BCE and the Roman period, which ended in the 7th century CE. It relates the fantastical adventures of Setna Kamwas, an Egyptian prince and high priest who was famous for entering tombs in search of knowledge. We've already covered two of Setna's adventures on this show in The Book of Thoth and The Land of the Dead. You don't have to listen to those episodes first, but we'd recommend it if you want the whole story. Today's episode begins the final chapter in Setna's story, but this piece of the tale belongs more to his son. By the age of 12, Seosiris was famous as the most powerful magician in all of Egypt. Pharaoh's court brimmed with excitement for the boy's future and the wonders he would perform. But Seosiris had a secret, one that he feared might spell disaster for the future of Egypt, a reckoning from its distant past. Coming up, a mysterious stranger arrives in Pharaoh's court. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Excuse me! Out of my way! Prince Setna raced through the palace courtyard, struggling to tie the belt of his ceremonial robes. A group of nobles stopped to stare as he passed. It was unusual to see the fourth son of Pharaoh in such a hurry. As the high priest of the god Ptah, he had his share of official duties. But his unique position, close to the crown but far enough that he never expected to wear it, granted him unusual freedom. He preferred to spend his time far from the palace, either at home with his own family or searching the tombs of his ancestors for lost knowledge. But today was different. Pharaoh had summoned him. Sedna smiled nervously at the sea of unfriendly faces. Nobles and viziers crowded the edges of the great hall. Their eyes followed the prince as he made his way toward the dais. There, Pharaoh sat on his throne. To look upon him, none would doubt that he was a living god. A double crown rested on his furrowed brow. 
the white hejet with its vulture head for Upper Egypt and the red desret with its cobra for Lower Egypt. His stern face was painted with lines of green malachite and black coal. In one hand, he held a short, curved shepherd's crook of pure gold. In the other, he held a flail. Setna approached the dais and bowed low. Life, prosperity, and health to you, Pharaoh. Apologies for my lateness. I was with my family when I received your summons. Pharaoh's face was impassive. He beckoned with his crook. The prince climbed onto the dais and leaned forward so Pharaoh could whisper in his ear. As Setna listened, his eyes swept over the court. They landed on a man standing at the front of the crowd of nobles, an unusually tall, slender man with dark skin and darker eyes holding an acacia staff. The man returned Setna's stare, his lips curled into a smile, revealing ivory white teeth. When Pharaoh finished speaking, Setna straightened and addressed the man. Let this stranger who carries a message for Pharaoh step forward. What an honor it is to be welcomed by Pharaoh's own son, the illustrious Setna Kamwas, the prince who braves the tombs of the dead. This court knows my name and my story, stranger. Who are you? A humble messenger. I carry a document from the King of Nubia, your neighbor to the south. He has sent me to ascertain if there is one here capable of reading it. There is no language under the sun unknown to the scribes of Egypt. Bring it here. You misunderstand me. It is not an issue of the language, but another sort of skill. You see, my king has heard that Pharaoh's magicians are the greatest in the world and wonders if it is true. I hold in my hand an ordinary scroll of papyrus, rolled and sealed. I wonder, priest, if you're truly as skilled as you say, will you read the scroll from where you stand without breaking the seal? Read a scroll without opening it? Surely, Pharaoh must have some wizard worthy of the task. If so, let them come forward and do so. But if not, I shall return to my king and inform him that he was correct, that Pharaoh's magicians are cheap illusionists and nothing more, and that Egypt is as hollow and brittle as its aging ruler. Setna's jaw tightened, but he did not move. He had never heard of a spell that would allow someone to read a scroll without opening it. More importantly, he didn't see why he had to prove anything to this man. He was about to have him thrown out of the palace when he saw Pharaoh give an almost imperceptible nod. Inward, Setna groaned, but his face betrayed no emotion. I accept your challenge. Tonight, you shall have anything you require. A room to refresh yourself, food and drink. When you return to your king, you will tell him of the hospitality you received and the miracles you witnessed in Pharaoh's court. Tomorrow, I will read your scroll. How am I ever going to read that scroll? 
Hours later, Setna sat in his study, sifting through a mass of old papyrus. He'd gathered every spellbook in the scribe's library. There were scrolls on all manner of topics from every age of Egypt, texts on alchemy, medicine, physics, and astronomy. Their pages contained hexes and curses, spells copied from ancient tombs, and invocations to forgotten gods but nothing that would help him read a scroll without breaking its seal. Weary and frustrated, Setna sank into despair. Curse Father's pride! We should have thrown that man in the dungeons, not humored him. It was then that Setna's wife and son returned home. Father, you're back already. Say, how was the archery match? I wish I could have stayed. You didn't miss much, unlike me. I missed everything. What did Grandfather want? Oh, just getting my opinion on the plans for a new palace wing. He wants the style to be authentic Joser. I try to tell him there's a reason most old kingdom structures are crypts. Even if they last, no one would actually want to live in them. Is that why you're reading 38 amuletics and protective spells? How did that get there? Must have grabbed the wrong scroll by mistake. The Handbook of Ritual Power? Coffin texts? The Book of Magic? Father, what's going on? You think I'd have learned better than to try keeping things from you. (laughs) So Setna told his son, Say Osiris, all that had happened at Pharaoh's court and how he had agreed to the impossible challenge. When he had finished, he was surprised to see that Say Osiris was smiling. Read a scroll without breaking the seal? That's what he asked you to do? Say, I didn't want to worry you, but you're not the least bit troubled by this? If I fail, the shame of Egypt will be on my shoulders. But there's no need for shame with such a small task. Anyways, you'd never find how to do it in any of these texts. Say, stop. Are you saying you've heard of a spell that can do this? Father, you've just seen me do it. The Handbook of Ritual Power? That's buried at the bottom of that stack over there. Bye, Pata. His son spoke true. Say Osiris had read the title of the book without ever seeing its face. As he stared at the pile of weathered papyrus, Sedna couldn't help but laugh. Where the collected wisdom of his ancestors had failed him, his miraculous son had once again succeeded. Setna didn't bother asking where Say Osiris had learned the trick. He had accepted that there were some things about his son he would never know. How Say Osiris knew things that even the most learned priests did not. It seems you've come to my rescue once again. Can you teach me to do this? If we had more time, yes. But why not let me do it myself? I'd rather keep you away from that. I am not so young anymore, father. Do not forget that I have already faced the demons of the Duat. There is nothing this man can do to harm me. Of course you're right. Soon enough, Pharaoh is going to be coming to you with his problems. Then it is settled. I will come with you tomorrow to meet this strange visitor and show him the true power of Egypt. Coming up, Say Osiris meets the stranger's challenge. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa from Parcast. When you think of a criminal, do you picture a killer, a gangster, a thief? 
I bet you didn't think it could be the little old lady down the street who murdered her tenants. Every Wednesday on my series, Female Criminals, meet the unlikeliest of felons, mothers, neighbors, and unsuspecting lovers with a penchant for dangerous behavior. Discover the psychology and motives behind their disturbing crimes and find out where their story stands today. But that's not all. Airing right now on Female Criminals is our special five-part look at the world's most infamous femme fatales, women who were deceptive and deadly, but not always the villain. Catch these episodes and more by following the Spotify original from Parcast, Female Criminals. New episodes premiere weekly. Listen free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. It was a bright, warm morning as the sun rose over the city of Memphis. The priests of Amun-Ra gathered outside their temple, chanting invocations and burning incense. A trio of cats watched from a nearby alley, waiting patiently for the priests to leave so they could feast on the remains of their sacrifices. A trio of hook-billed ibis soared over the city square, making their way to the bank of the Nile, where countless other creatures congregated. In Pharaoh's court, a large crowd had formed. The nobles brimmed with anticipation for what was to come. Today, they would see magic. Once again, the tall stranger with onyx eyes approached Pharaoh's dais. Where's the Tomb Raider Prince? I hope he has not gotten cold feet. And miss seeing your humiliation? I wouldn't dream of it. The crowd parted, allowing Setna to pass through the hall, but he wasn't alone. Seosiris walked beside his father, hands balled at his sides. He kept his gaze fixed straight ahead, trying to ignore the countless eyes that followed him. He felt a bit better when he saw his grandfather. No one else in the hall could have noticed it, but Seosiris was sure he saw the shadow of a smile on Pharaoh's lips. Then, Seosiris's gaze fell to the slender figure standing at the base of the dais. The stranger was staring with a most peculiar expression. Not quite surprised, he looked almost eager. Well, well, what do we have here? Surely you do not mean for this boy to take the challenge in your place? This is my son, Seosiris, grandson of Pharaoh and a more talented magician than you will ever meet. He is not yet fully a priest, but I expect he will have no trouble facing your challenge. Perhaps our visitor is afraid. After all, what will it say if a mere child can pass the greatest challenge his kingdom could muster? <laughs> not at all. I invite any who think they are up to the task to try. Here is the scroll 
Can you read it? The stranger held up the sealed scroll, but Seosiris's eyes remained fixed on the man's face. For a long moment, the court was deadly silent. Nobles stretched to their tiptoes, craning for a view. If any had been watching the dais, they would have seen Pharaoh lean ever so slightly forward on his throne. Setna said a private prayer under his breath. He knew his son's expressions better than any in the court and could see that the boy was deep in concentration. Well, boy, what does it say? It is a story. It is a history. The scroll describes a war between Egypt and the kingdom of Nubia that began 500 years ago, during the reign of Pharaoh Siamen. It was not waged with swords or spears, but with sorcery. A war of magicians. It begins on a hot summer day, when a dry wind blew down the desert and raked the city of Marrow. The Nubian king lounged in his pavilion, sweating and pondering his feud with Pharaoh. As he sat there, he overheard three of his best sorcerers arguing in the next room. They were discussing the best spell to bring against Egypt. The first sorcerer said, If our king asked it, I would cast a spell to cover the land of Egypt in darkness for three days and three nights. Then the people would cry out in terror, and Pharaoh would submit in shame. The second sorcerer said, If our king asked it, I would cover the land of Egypt in a pestilence for three years. Then the people of Amun-Ra would cry out in hunger, and Pharaoh would submit in shame. The third sorcerer said, Pharaoh cares for nothing save for his own pride. If our king asked it, I would cast a spell to bring the Egyptian dog here for one night and have him beaten in the streets. Then Pharaoh would cry out in pain and submit, and the world would know that there is no power in Egypt to stand against the magic of Nubia. Hearing this, the king called in the third sorcerer. He gave the man his blessing to do as he boasted, and promised to shower him with gifts upon his success. That night, in Egypt, Pharaoh slept peacefully in his chambers with his wife beside him. Neither they, nor the guards stationed outside their door, noticed the gust of wind that blew in through the open window. Nor did they see the shadow stir. Four spectral figures stepped out of the darkness. They were neither spirits nor men, swirling forms of soot and ash with eyes blacker than the night. They seized Pharaoh by the legs and dragged him from the bed. One of the ghastly attackers covered his mouth, choking his screams with ash. Another conjured a large box made of wax, mounted on two acacia poles. The specters forced Pharaoh inside the box. The moment the lid was shut, they all evaporated in an instant, taking Egypt's ruler with them. the time that Seosiris had been speaking, the hall had been listening with rapt attention. Now the boy paused his story and turned to face the tall stranger, who was still holding the sealed scroll aloft. He had been listening as intently as everyone else. 
say Osiris fixed the man with a piercing gaze and addressed him. Well, are these not the same events described on your scroll? May your own God smite you if you lie. Every word you have spoken is written in this document, and it is all true. 500 years ago, the sorcerers of my home captured Pharaoh Siamen, brought him by force to the kingdom of Nubia, and beat him before our king. 500 blows before he was returned to this palace. Murmurs of shock and astonishment ran through the crowd. On the dais, Pharaoh's nostrils flared with anger. Never before had such an insult been uttered in the royal hall, and this stranger had conspired for it to come from the mouth of Pharaoh's own grandson. Setna hurried forward to stand between the stranger and Seosiris. This is a disgusting lie. If such events had transpired, we would have heard of it. It is not a lie, father. Hmm. Say, I have no doubt you read what is on that scroll, but that doesn't mean it happened. It did happen. Every word. It was the greatest shame to ever befall a pharaoh of Egypt. But that is not the end of the story. Grandfather, if you will permit me, I will continue. Coming up, secrets are revealed, villains unmasked, and a battle begins ebay motors is here for the ride with over 122 million parts you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply now back to the story. When the tall stranger from the land of Nubia appeared in Pharaoh's hall and asked Pharaoh's grandson, Seosiris, to read his sealed letter, it was the greatest insult anyone in Memphis could remember. Setna burned with shame to hear his own child read the blasphemous text. But Seosiris knew it was true. He remembered all of it. He remembered that 500 years before his birth, there had been another man, a young priest who was learned beyond his years. His name was Hori, the son of Panesh, and before the age of 25, he received the title of Kurheb, chief magician of Pharaoh Siamen. One morning, Hori raced through the palace courtyard, struggling to tie the belt of his ceremonial robes. Pharaoh had summoned him. Excuse me, out of my way! When he reached the great hall, he was surprised to find it empty, aside from a pair of guards and Siaman himself. The Pharaoh sat hunched on his throne, in obvious agony, breathing heavily through gritted teeth. As Hori drew near, he saw that Siaman's back and shoulders were covered in dark bruises and scored with countless raw red welts. By Ptah, my pharaoh, who did this to you? I hoped you might be able to answer that question. I was visited in the night by four demons. 
creatures of smoke and ash. They dragged me from my bed, forced me into a litter. The next thing I knew, I was standing at the center of a strange city surrounded by unfriendly faces. There was a king there. He ordered five hundred blows of the rod. My pharaoh. And there was another man. A giant with eyes that glittered like cubes of onyx. When my torture was complete, he conjured the specters and ordered them to return me to my bed. When I awoke, I thought it was a nightmare. But then I felt the searing pain and saw these marks. Forgive me. You charged me with your protection, but I will not fail again. I didn't summon you for protection. I want vengeance. Perhaps we can accomplish both. I recognize the spell that was against you. I've seen it performed only once, by a sorcerer of Nubia. If our spies are correct, he now serves their king. I should have guessed. Our enemies have grown strong in the shadows, but they have made a grave mistake. I will pay this Nubian king back a hundredfold. You will do this for me. As you command. As soon as Hori was out of Pharaoh Siaman's presence, his face took on a worried expression. In truth, he knew no spells to guard against the ones sent by the Nubian sorcerer. Pharaoh's palace was already shielded by every charm and amulet he had at his disposal, and they had all failed. He raced to the bank of the Nile, where he chartered a boat to take him upriver. It carried him to the great temple of Khnum, which held the largest library in all of Egypt. If he could not find the spell he needed there, it did not exist. But after hours of sifting through the library's scrolls, Hori was no closer to his goal than what he had begun. Worried and exhausted, he placed his head on the table in an attempt to clear his mind. It worked better than he intended. Soon, he drifted off into a restless sleep. In his dreams, he was visited by Thoth, the ibis-headed god of wisdom. Thoth taught him many things, spells and secret knowledge and all manner of wondrous, terrible truths. But when he awoke, he found that he remembered none of the gods' lessons. It had been a dream and nothing more. And then he heard a sound that made him look up. High above him, a real, live ibis stood perched on a tall shelf. The great water bird stared down at him over its hooked beak, then spread its wings and lifted off, soaring towards a small opening in the ceiling. The force of the ibis's departure sent a tremor through the shelf that caused it to teeter slightly for a moment. Hori watched as a single book slipped from the top and plummeted to the floor of the library. He bent to pick it up. The Book of Heka. The next morning, Hori stood before Pharaoh Siaman once more. His welts had faded a bit and there was no sign of new ones. Hori, my wonderful friend, I'm not sure what you did, but I've never been more impressed. You should have seen them. 
you were visited by the demons again. I almost fell out of bed when I woke to find them hovering around me, but that was all they could do this time. They tried to seize me like before, but their hands passed through me like smoke. They are powerless next to you, Great Pharaoh. Now, what about that other thing I asked you? I'm afraid I must beg your patience a little longer, but do not fear. Your enemies will soon wish they'd never tempted the wrath of Egypt. Hori returned to his chambers, taking the Book of Heka with him. He had the acolytes bring him three crates of wax and two wooden poles. Over the course of many hours, he formed the wax into an intricate box and fitted it with the poles. Then he carved spells into its surface, copying them one by one from the sacred Book of Magic. Last of all, he burned the crates in his hearth and gathered the ashes into four mounds. The spell was finally ready. Hori gathered the temple priests around him and said the sacred words. Thought, voice, bastard. I call upon the darkness of Newt, Queen of Night. I call upon the claws of the lion Sekhmet, Queen of Blood. I call upon Horus, the Redeemer, and Osiris, Lord of the Netherworld. Gods of Egypt, hear my prayer. I am Hori, son of Panesh, chief magician of Pharaoh. Grant me shadow and venom. Grant me courage and power. Grant me vengeance! As he completed the spell, the mounds of ash began to shift before him. They swirled and twisted and grew until they settled into the shape of four spectral figures. They stood before Hori, waiting for his command. Servants of Newt, fly down to the land of Nubia and find its ruler. Bring him back to me this night. The specters took up the box and in an instant vanished into smoke. Hori began to pace, going over the spell in his head for any mistakes he might have made. He did not have long to wonder. Within minutes, the specters returned with the box in tow. When Hori opened the lid, the Nubian king stared up at him in terror. Welcome to Egypt, great king. I trust your journey was comfortable. Pharaoh Siamon's vengeance was as harsh as it was just. The Nubian king was beaten in the public square while Pharaoh looked on. And Pharaoh Siamon was merciful. He did not deliver one more blow than had been inflicted upon himself, at least not that night. When the punishment was complete, Hori's specters gathered the king into the box and returned him to Nubia. The next night, Hori performed the spell again. The Nubian king was brought before Pharaoh Siamon and beaten with 500 blows before being returned. The Nubian king begged his sorcerers to protect him, but there was nothing they could do. They knew no spells to defend against the magic of Egypt. And so it repeated again the next night, and again the next, and again, and again. 
Until one day, the king of Nubia arrived in Memphis of his own volition. He knelt before Pharaoh and begged for mercy, swearing that he would never again threaten the land of Egypt. Pharaoh Siamon thanked the magician Hori for all that he had done. That is the story that Seosiris related to Pharaoh's court. While he spoke, he watched the face of the Nubian stranger closely. The longer he went on, the wider the man's smile became. When Seosiris finished the tale, he fixed the stranger with a withering glare. Well, have I described what is written on that scroll in your hand? You have. And do you admit the truth? That you are the same Nubian sorcerer who cast the spell to kidnap Pharaoh Siamin. <laughs> I am. Grandfather, this man is your great enemy, returned after 500 years to unleash more of his evil sorcery on your house. And I am Hori, son of Panesh, the chief magician who once served Pharaoh Siamin, reborn as your grandson. We were the ones who started this war 500 years ago. Is it not right that we should be the ones to end it now? The hall had gone completely silent. Setna stared at Seosiris, reeling from this bizarre proclamation. He felt like he'd been set up in some sort of public prank, or like he had just stepped on a trap from one of his ancestors' crypts. Part of him wanted to laugh at the ridiculous things Seosiris had said. Another part wanted to grab his son and race out of the hall. But before he could do anything, Pharaoh nodded. No, father, please. This is madness. He's just a boy. Quite right. It would be a shame if Pharaoh's grandson hurt himself or blew up his grandfather's court. Silence, you dog of the southern desert. Father, stop. Don't you understand? This is my task. The great god Osiris told me so when we stood together in his hall in the netherworld. It is what I was sent back for. Trust me. Setna stared at Seosiris. His face was determined, and his eyes flashed with a ferocity that Setna did not recognize. He still couldn't believe it. Seosiris was not a priest from 500 years ago. He was Setna's son. But he was not a boy any longer. Let anyone who feared death leave now. For once the doors are shut, no one in this hall is safe. We shall have a battle between the magic of Egypt and the sorcery of Nubia. Fought here before the eyes of Pharaoh. May the best magician win, and may the loser find mercy on the scales of Ma'at. Let it begin. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. Join us as Seosiris faces his greatest enemy in a battle for the ages. For more information on the tales of Prince Setna, amongst the many sources we used, we found Roger Lancelin Green's Tales of Ancient Egypt to be extremely helpful to our research. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. 
If you enjoy mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday we dive into another dark classic tale. We'll be back next week with the conclusion to this epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Isabella Way. This episode of Mythology was written by Andrew Kelleher, with writing assistance by Greg Castro, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Tom Bauer, Bill Butts, and Kai Jordan. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 